In today's show, we look at week 11 in the NBA, how we can maximize the schedule, what it means, how to use it. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, aka Father Rismus, and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is Christmas Day here. In Australia, so I take the time now to wish you guys, if you do celebrate it, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, great time with your family and friends, or whatever it is that you're choosing to do over this period. There are no NBA games on today. We're going to start to look ahead to week 11, as we always do at this time of week. So we're going to do that right here, right now. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. It is a weird schedule, as often happens around this time of the year. Things change, and uh, the NBA schedule changes. We're in such a pattern. High-volume Wednesdays, high-volume Fridays, low on Tuesday, low on Thursday, and that's how we go. Not this week. Nah, nah, different. Seven games on Monday. That's a nice day to start off, and then 10 on Tuesday. The most games of any day this week are on Tuesday, and you never see that. 10 games. That's probably not a streamable day, although it will be for some. And then... It's almost a perfect week. Eight games on Wednesday, I love it. Six on Thursday, fantastic. Nine on Friday, excellent. Nine on Saturday, sick. Three on Sunday, probably a little bit low. That's New Year's Day. But otherwise, it's a really, really good week. Fairly evenly spread. We theoretically could stream every single day. Maybe not Tuesday, but we could stream every day if we wanted to, I reckon. And that makes our decisions... And our use of um, waiver wire acquisitions, all the more important. Because if you can stream every day, you've got to get the most out of those ads. It's not about just adding on the three days where you can to get someone in and then having one left over. It's about maximization of those waiver wire moves. So that's how we go. 7, 10, 8, 6, 9, 9, 3. That is how the week looks. It's also fairly well split in terms of volume of games. Um... 15 teams play four games for the week, half the league. 14 teams play three games, basically half the league. And it's just the poor Portland Trailblazers who only play two games for this week. That's the only team who's got a two-game week. That is the Portland Trailblazers. So a really, really interesting week ahead in the NBA. And how do we stream? Well, again, we can stream basically every day apart from Tuesday. And even then, I think that that is possible for us to stream there. And there are a bunch of teams that play four quality games. The Jazz, the Heat, the Pistons, the Pelicans, the Bulls, and the Wolves all play four quality games this week. So obviously that is useful to know which teams play. So they're all their four games, they don't include Tuesday. But anyone with four games, so we're talking Jazz, Heat, Hornets, Pistons, Pelicans, Clippers, Kings, Spurs, Bulls, Wolves, Rockets, Grizzlies... Nuggets, Pacers, Wizards, all of those teams play four games this week. 
And the ones that aren't listed on the screen here, they play their third, their fourth game of the week on a, on the Tuesday, on the high-volume day. But again, we're looking at a situation where even with only 10 games on that Tuesday, that perhaps is a streamable day. The lowest amount of quality games is two. So even the Blazers, who play just the two games, it's not on Tuesday. And then there's a few three-game teams that have a Tuesday game and then others. But really, it's a free-for-all this week. That's I think that's how we... I know I use a nine-game cutoff for quality game. Ten is a sort of busy day. But in reality, you're probably going to be able to use that spot. You may or may not, but you're probably going to be able to use that spot. So really planning out your week and making your waiver wire ads intentional is really useful or it's, or it's imperative, really to making sure that you get things right um, for your fantasy team for this week. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there. The NFL, college bowl season, college basketball, and of course, the NBA, they've got it all at betonline.net. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. If you want to have a look at the Miami Dolphins, who play on Christmas Day, Against the Green Bay Packers, we are three and a half point favorites with an over-under of a gigantic 50 in that game. What? 50? Hopefully it's a shootout. Jalen Waddle, my fantasy team, we need you to have a big one. And you can check those odds for the Dolphins to hopefully get themselves into the playoffs at three and a half point favorites. But all the rest of week 16 of the NFL is over at betonline.net. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at back-to-backs. There are no back-to-backs from Christmas Day hitting on to Boxing Day. Sunday, Monday, no back-to-backs. Monday, Tuesday, the Clippers. So we're going to miss a game of Kawhi Leonard and a game of John Wall in that Monday, Tuesday there. The Spurs play Monday, Tuesday. The Hornets play Monday, Tuesday. The Rockets play Monday, Tuesday. So Eric Gordon's going to sit one of those games. And the Pacers play Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, there's a bunch. Magic, Warriors, Kings, Hawks, Suns, Lakers, Nuggets, and Wizards all have the, uh, the Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back, so the Warriors is the one to really watch there with Clay Thompson being out. We expect Dante DiVincenzo to return, so DiVincenzo and Kaminga get boosts, especially if Draymond sits. We don't know about Wiggins, whether he's going to be available or not, but I would expect that even if he is available, he wouldn't play both of those games. On the Monday-Wednesday, if you don't think you can stream on Tuesday, there's a lot of teams that play that combo as well. Utah, Miami, the Pelicans, the Hawks, the Pistons, the Wolves, and the Nets play Monday and Wednesday. The Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back, nobody. The Thursday, Friday, back-to-back, just the Raptors. So we've got an ease off of back-to-backs. A lot of back-to-backs early in the week and not as many in the middle there. Friday, Saturday, quite a few teams have that back-to-back. It makes sense with nine games Friday, nine games Saturday. The Pistons, the Sixers, the Wolves, the Heat, the Jazz, the Bulls, and the Pelicans. The one I really want to watch there is Miami. We know that they're yeah, Butler and Lowry and bloody everybody has been appearing in on and off the injury report. Butler and, of course, again, Shocker. He's hurt again with that ankle problem. So he's a real risk of sitting at least one of those games, if not more during the week. And then you've got Lowry and Hero. So many guys who have had issues on that squad. So they're a bit of a danger there. And only one team drew the short straw, which is they play New Year's New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. That's the Saturday-Sunday combo, and that's the Grizzlies. That sucks. I can't believe the NBA scheduled a team to play New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. That is rough. But that's what they're doing. Um... I can't, I, honestly, I can't believe We're only three games on New Year's Day. They give most of the league off and go, I know you guys are going to get shit-faced on Saturday night, New Year's Eve. So I only put three games on. But Memphis, you've got to play both. You've got to play both days. 
That's so rough. And then heading into week 12, it's only the Nuggets that play the Sunday, Monday, um, back-to-back. So that's how we look at our back-to-backs for the week. So if you look at streaming, nobody plays the Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, which would be an ideal start to stream. Tuesday is the 10-game day where you hopefully try and avoid it. And we'd like to get three games in four nights to start the week, but it doesn't happen. So that's annoying. We do have lots of teams that play four games, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, which is great. So their four games are out of the way, and then we can drop that person that we streamed in so we can get stream for need on Sunday. And those teams that play Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, the Jazz, the Heat, the Pistons, the Pelicans, the Bulls, and the Wolves. So Malik Beasley's and Colin Sexton's and Haywood Highsmith, maybe, Caleb Martin, Victor Oladipo in Miami. In Detroit, maybe it's Marvin Bagley, maybe it's Alec Burks, maybe it is Sadiq Bay, probably isn't. For the Pelicans, you know, that's a good good point to keep um, Trey Murphy or to to roll with Herb Jones over that time. For the Bulls, Patrick Williams, that's where appeal for him comes. Maybe it's Desumu, maybe it's Caruso if he's back. And then in Minnesota, it's Kyle Anderson who's definitely got that value there. Maybe it's Nazareth Reed who played alongside Rudy Gobert last game. So quite a few options, quite a few good plays that you can add at the start of the week and hit Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Four games, one ad, and then you've got other spot ads you can use for the week. You can stream guys in on that Sunday with only three games on to try and maximize it. Um, I think something to watch also, if you're in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, you know we've got a weekly game limit, and you've got that ability to, to go to 37 on Saturday and then head over the game limit on Sunday. But with only three games on on Sunday, it might be worth it to hit 45 games played on Saturday and just eliminate all the Sunday action rather than sit guys periodically through the week hoping you hit 37 on Saturday and then try and bulk up on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be worth it. I think you're going to be better hitting your max on Saturday and then... um, and then just riding off Sunday. That depends on the quality of players you've got going Sunday, but I think that's a viable strategy this week. The other thing you can do towards the end of the week, if you don't want to go with this Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday plan, the Grizzlies have a three game in four nights. So not only do they have the shit New Year's back-to-back, they've got three games in four nights. So Grizzlies players Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So Brandon Clark, Santi Aldama in that mix, Tyus Jones with some decent value there as well for that three games in four nights to end the week. That provides us with a little bit of value. In terms of the front and back loading, Portland plays two games this week. They play on Monday, and then they play on Friday, and that's it. Dreadful schedule. Not that there's many guys you'd be looking at on that Portland team as great streamers. Hart and Simons and Grant, they're all must-roster players. Um, Nurkic, similarly. Uh, I guess you could consider Winslow, but he's hurt. There's Eubanks, who's been giving some value with Nurkic in some foul trouble and injury return. But it's a bad schedule for the Blazers. It's also not great for the Sixers and the Bucks who play just one game in the first four nights of the week. So that's going to make it harder to to assess the value of De'Anthony Melton. We might have Tyrese Maxey come back. And you might only get one game in four nights of Melton to start the week. That's a little bit rough. Milwaukee, I guess you're looking at maybe a Javon Carter, Bobby Portis, who's been sort of down a bit lately. Not great there. But then you've got Charlotte, the Spurs, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Pacers, who play three times on the Monday through Thursday. But they all, all of those teams play on Tuesday. So it's not the Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, which would have been the ideal setup. It's Monday, Tuesday for most of those teams. So while that can be streamable, depending on how your Tuesday looks, that they, they're the teams that benefit there. At the back end of the week, it's just the Grizzlies, really. They play three games, the Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. But there is a bunch of teams that play only one game in the last four days of the week. Brooklyn, Atlanta, Portland, the Lakers, the Suns, the Warriors, and the Magic play just one game 
at the end of the week. So if you've got fringe players for any of those sort of teams, whether that is Anyeka Rokongwe, whether that is Lonnie Walker or Dennis Schroeder, whether that is Tori Craig or Josh Kogi, or whether it is Dante DiVincenzo, with one game in the last four nights, maybe it's not worth holding on to some of those players when you could get a Grizzlies player or someone who plays two games over the final four days of the week to try and maximize your value in that situation. Today's episode is also brought to you by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live, you live nearby. You'll make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get it right. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Let's look at maybe some players who we look for injury returns this week. Chris Middleton, we hope that he's able to return this week. Bloody hell. After yeah, this knee soreness now. Devin Booker in his groin. Hopefully he's back this week. Andy Wiggins with his groin. Hopefully he returns. Tyrese Maxey, it looks like he's a chance to return this week. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate and Gary Payton. Tate's played, what, two games this year? Payton hasn't played at all. How they impact the rotation, I don't think they're 12-team league guys, Tate or Payton, or probably even 14-teamers. But the impact they can have on the rotation is what we need to watch. And then there's two injuries that just dropped today. Now, yeah, actually, before I talk about Sabonis and Jeff Green, Anthony Davis, much like the Sabonis one, which I'll, yeah, I'm going to talk about, what does the update tell us? He's been diagnosed with a stress injury in his right foot and remains out indefinitely. Yeah, look, we sort of thought it was something more than just an ankle sprain. We were bracing for four to six weeks for that injury anyway. A stress reaction actually still doesn't tell us it's a stretch fracture. Where do we go from here? So I don't actually think it tells us much. I know some people thought it was great news because it wasn't a broken foot or a you know, torn Liz Frank and the season was definitely over. To me, this doesn't rule out season being over for Anthony Davis. And it doesn't mean that he comes back any quicker than four weeks. It's still not great news, but it just is news that doesn't clarify anything for us, which is always frustrating. And the same for Sabonis. Okay, Demonte Sabonis on on the 23rd yesterday left the game towards the end of the last two minutes of the game with a hand injury. We knew that. He went to the locker room with a hand injury. So Woj's tweet today is Demonte Sabonis has suffered a right hand injury. Yes, thank you. We know that. He'll undergo further testing and evaluation on treatment options. Okay, cool. Um, It is immediately unclear how much time, if any, Sabonis will miss. All right, sick. So Sabonis got an injury, yes. Um, He'll get it tested, okay. He may or may not miss time, no problem. It may or may not be serious. All right, awesome. The timeline to return depends on pain tolerance and the need to address a more serious injury. So honestly, you told us nothing. The the only thing you can glean out of that tweet is that x-rays after Friday's loss confirm the injury. So there's a break. Like that's what x-rays tell you, there's a break somewhere. But... A broken hand is often four weeks, but we saw Kevin Love have a break in his thumb and don't not cost him any time. Although it should have, because he wasn't great when he was out there. It maybe ended up costing him a week, I think, in the end after he tried to play through it. But like, what does this tweet tell us? He has an injury. He may or may, may, or may not miss time. It may or may not be serious, and we need more information. All right, cool. As for Sabonis, who do they replace him with? Well, they've been running um, Nemes Keita, Nemius Keita in that spot. 
Trey Lyles can play some small ball five. I don't think he will do it exclusively. Rashawn Holmes was the guy that came in at the end of that game, I believe, to get some minutes. And there's also Chemezi Metu. I think it's going to be a mess of all four of those guys. The guy I would add is probably Holmes, but I have like 30% confidence in that. I don't think they're going to roll out Cater as their starter. I don't think they're going to roll out Lyles as their starter. I think it could be Metu or Holmes. They're the only two options I think are starters, but neither of them are playing 38 minutes a night. It might be 22 minutes, 23 minutes max as they rotate multiple guys through. What it does do is it probably gives more opportunities for Barnes and Murray, but neither of those guys are passers. They're not going to take on that role that Sabonis had. He's an irreplaceable guy in terms of how they're running their offense. What I think you get is more Fox assist numbers and more usage across other areas. It'll change the way they play if he misses time, which we don't don't know. So I don't know whether Rashawn Holmes is a must-add player because A, I don't know that Sabonis misses time, and B, I don't know that Holmes is actually going to play enough minutes to be useful. So yeah, like it's not like Tom Bryant, right? Where I go, okay, Davis is going to miss time here and Bryant's going to start and play 30 minutes and be useful. Bryant's actually hurt as well. I don't know whether he's going to be in or out. I think he'll be okay, but I don't know. Um, So yeah, there's a chance that Holmes doesn't start if Sabonis is injured. There's a chance that Sabonis doesn't miss time and it's useless. And yeah, I feel much less confident in adding Metu or Lyles or Kader. Yeah, Lyles did play like 20 minutes or something last game, but Sabonis wasn't injured for 20 minutes. Sabonis was injured for two minutes. It wasn't Lyles being a straight replacement. He did play backup center a lot of that time. But do you think they'd want to start with him as the, as the starting center, Trey Lyles? I don't think so. So I'm not sure I'd rush to add anyone. If I did add someone, it probably would be Rashawn Holmes. But I don't really feel very good about it. The Kings don't play Monday. They don't play Sunday. They play a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back. Then they play Friday and then Sunday. So, yeah, it's great they play Sunday. But Sabonis might play. I honestly don't know that there's a rush to grab. But if you've got an expendable spot, if you've got a streaming spot, I probably would do Holmes... Then Lyles, then Metu would be my and Kato way down the, the back. But I don't really feel any confidence with that whatsoever. The other injury is Jeff Green, who's out for a minimum of four weeks. I think what this does, we saw Zeke Naji getting minutes last game. I think this move means that Christian Brown moves back into the rotation, or maybe Vlako Chanchar gets those minutes. It doesn't really impact fantasy much at all, but Brown was out of the rotation last game, so he probably jumps back in, and maybe Chanchar comes in in place of Jeff Green, and Naji plays a lot more center than the power forward minutes. If you look at week 11 and some players to add for the week, some guys who are available in over 50% of leagues who I think can be top 100 this week, Malik Monk, Patrick Williams, Andrew Nempard, Zach Collins, all got four games. All apart from Collins in starting, or sorry, sorry, Williams and Nempard, you're going to get 120 minutes for the week. Monk, you probably get 100 minutes. Zach Collins, you probably get 80 minutes to 75 minutes. And that's probably enough to make them top 100 guys for the week. They're not sexy names, but just through accumulation of playing time, you should get enough value to actually consider starting them for the week ahead. Guys to sit in category leagues, um, all blazes apart from Lillard. I'm not starting Simons or Grant or Nurkic or Hart. I think Bobby Portis is a sit. I think Melton's considered a sit. Three games only. Maxi might return for one or two of those. Yes, he'll probably be on a limit. Now, it's a tough sit because Maxi's probably going to be limited when if he does return. But I think it's a decision you at least have to consider. Anyekara Kongwu with Capella back should be not someone I'd want to start with three games. Ben Matherin's not really doing anything. 
Um, Tim ha- Ben Matherman's not even a hold, to be honest. Tim Hardaway with only three games and his up and down nature. Gary Trent played like 19 minutes last game. I don't feel confident in starting him with only three games. And Clay Thompson's only going to play two games this week, so no thank you. In points leagues, some similar names. Malik Monk's a good ad. I think Marcus Morris and Victor Oladipo just getting by the four games there, a little bit of volume, and with the Clippers side of things, yeah, Johnny Wall and Kawhi Leonard missing at least a game for the week. Some value bumps for Morris there, but just getting volume by gives them some points league value. And if we're talking about players to sit again, we're sitting all Blazers apart from Lillard. I think Bowles will sit in a points league. And Melton, again, I'd feel more confident sitting him in points than categories. Kongwu, Gaz Trent, Clay Thompson, and probably Mo Wagner ends up as a sit as well. That will do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey and on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave those comments down below. Subscribe. Ring the notification bell. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.